Good morning. Uh, that video clip reminds us that nobody wants to be a zero, for sure. And uh, we're looking today at how to deal with the fear of insignificance, which God has provided all we need, really, to deal with that. So we're going to dig in a little bit. We're in a message series uh, talking through the uh, different kinds of fear that we face. We've talked about fear of death. Death. Last, last week we talked about the fear of failure. Uh, just by way of review, let's dig in. Some of the stuff will help us today as we look at it. Uh, first thing we talked about last week, it's on your listening guide there, uh, is we, we just need to refuse to fear men. Because what we tend to do in order to uh, uh, become a success is we look at what's important to the people around us and then <clears throat> what culture values, and we try to come up with that stuff. And so one of the keys to overcoming that whole trap, uh, which is what Scripture calls it, is to just refuse to fear men, not, not live for what other people think or for their <clears throat> um, help. Uh, so we refuse to let others divine, d- define our values and, and true success. Secondly, um, we need to adopt God's values and faith, set our heart on eternal things and things that don't fade. That, that's how you live on a solid ground. We looked at how to rely on God's spirit. There's a great summary of how, how to handle fear in 2 Timothy 1.7. That verse says, uh, for God did not give us a spirit of fear or timidity, but he gave us a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. And uh, God there shows us how to <clears throat> deal with fear. He's made power available. We, we tap into it through faith. We trust God, prayer. As we're dealing with our fears, we ask him to give us the help we need. And we express our faith by trusting in him. Uh, love is another thing that verse talks about. Uh, in the middle of a situation where you're afraid, what do we tend to do? We tend to turn inward. We're, we're worried about how it's going to affect us. Love is something that, uh, that particular love in this verse talks about looking to the interests of others, turning your heart outward. How can I help in the situation? Really helps, it helps you get down uh, the right road there in dealing with fear to begin to turn outward, thinking about others and how you can help. Then self-discipline. Literally, it's the idea of having a sound mind. Your mind isn't darting and racing around all over the place with different kinds of scenarios of what if this happens, what, how is this going to turn out? You're not, you're not letting your mind go, but God wants to help you settle your mind and focus on uh, the truth and the things that will really help in this situation. So that's a great summary, 2 Timothy 1.7. We looked at that last week. Uh, fourth, we, we looked at developing convictions, which are beliefs that you're willing to die for. You're willing to pay a high price for these beliefs. Uh, they bring courage, and in the midst of what they allow you to do, in the midst of fear, is you can shift your focus, which is the fifth thing we talked about. You can shift your focus from the results, the outcome, to doing the right thing. You look over the situation, and rather than asking yourself, how can I make this turn out the way I want it to? How can I have the right outcome? What is the right thing for me to do? And then leave the outcome to God. I'm just going to trust him with it. I, I'm, I'm going to focus on doing right. Um, 
Today, we're going to look at how to deal with the fear of insignificance um, that our friend in the video was obviously struggling with. Um, Significance is a legitimate and basic desire that all human beings have. We, We want to know that we matter. And when we begin to feel like we don't matter, that we don't really know what life is all about, we, we struggle deeply with that. Um, all of us have two basic human needs, at least, that uh, need to be met. <clears throat> First needs for security, to be loved and accepted. We, we want relationships where we're loved just, just for who we are. We're accepted just, just like we are. And uh, we, we can have a relationship based on that. Uh, second need is significance, to have meaning and value. Uh, we want our lives to matter, and we want our existence to, to make a difference. We don't want to just get up, eat breakfast, uh, go to work, come home, eat dinner, go to bed, get up. You know, we, we don't, that, that's not appealing. We want our lives to be making a difference. Um, to the extent that those needs are met, security and significance, we feel good about ourselves and about life. So that, that's, that's very important. Our, our natural reflex, Scripture says, as you dig into Scripture, it says that uh, the first man and woman decided to try to live life independent from God. Every person since then has put their stamp of approval on that decision and has tried to live life independent again of him. And one of the ways that comes out is we try to find our significance in other people and other things rather than God. So we go into marriage and we're, we, we look to our, our husband or wife and we think their admiration and this relationship that we're going to have is going to make me significant. And then you get married and you figure out, Okay, I mean, I, I enjoy this, uh, but they, they aren't always giving me what I need. There's not enough there. We go into parenting thinking, these little babies are going to meet my needs for satisfaction and significance in life. Boy, look at me. I'm propagating the human race. <laughs> I'm, I'm passing it on. And pretty soon, they're draining you rather than filling you. Uh, we do the same with work. We try to find a career and a job that's going to provide the significance we need. Or we even do this with ministry, maybe even especially with ministry at times. We, we serve to gain status and the admiration of other people. So we're on a track to try to, to have these needs met with, without God, apart from him. We tend to fall back to this pattern. If if our significance is threatened, like we begin to feel like we don't matter, uh, we're shaken to the core because it's a core need that we have to, to matter. And at a very deep level, we become afraid that our lives really don't make any difference and nobody cares. So today we're going to look at the right path to significance that God's provided. Um, but first we're going to look at the where the problems come from, which is the normal measure of significance. Uh, we, we, we aim to gain significance through some things. They're listed on your outline there. Uh, and we all have a different mix of these that we go for, but uh, here's a list. Uh, prestige. 
we measure our significance by the amount of prestige we have, the accolades and the admiration that we're gaining, or position. We, we try to grow higher and higher in whatever endeavors we have. Number two is the first loser. Uh, you don't want to be number two in anything, academics, work, business, church life, whatever it is. We look at our portfolio to give us significance. That's a bad place to be right now. I mean, we're going to talk about the fear of the economy next week, but boy, people are watching their significance go down the drain as, as things happen in the stock market right now. And that's, that is scary. That will shake you to the core if that's what your heart's wrapped around. That, that is really scary. Possessions, more and better is the aim. We work to get stuff. We work to get better stuff than the, the, the neighbors or the friends that we hang out with. Performance. Uh, we want to outdo others. If we can just outdo most of the people, we feel good about ourselves. Some people have, you know, an extreme desire to just be number one all the time. But, you know, if we can outperform most of the people around us, then we feel good about that. But we focus on that. Uh, I heard about at a, an AAU basketball tournament, uh, the referee called a foul on one of the guys, on one of the kids playing, and the mom ran onto the court and said, hey, you can't do that. This is my franchise. Wow. <laughs> So, you know, we get wrapped up in stuff, and uh, we, we're, we're looking, we, we base our significance on things that are way out of our control. Boy, the economy is out of control. Uh, some people go for power. You know, we want to be able to control others' destiny. And if you try to fill up on these things, you try to fill your life with these things, you try to gain significance from them, then we come up empty like a, a, an empty eggshell. There's nothing nutritious inside of these. You might be number one, but boy, you find out that's, that's empty. It's not really what I thought it was. There's, not, there's nothing there. And so this leaves us in a very precarious situation because we're at the whim of other people. That's why Scripture says uh, that we looked at last week, ref- refuse to fear men. You know, the fear of man will prove to be a snare. It's a trap. You live for other people, and you're at their whim. You try to come up with these things, and you're comparing yourself to the people around you in order to gain the significance and this feeling of importance. And it, it can pop like a balloon any time of day. And we struggle with that. We do. It's a very precarious spot. We're, we're at the whim of others. We're at the mercy of our culture that has its own agenda, it turns out. And the agenda of our culture has nothing to do with our welfare. It has its own agenda. They either want to get into your wallet or they want to get their way and push their ideas and purposes on us. Thank God that there's another way. That's the normal path, but thank, thank him that there is another way. Here, here is God's measure of significance, and I want to dig into this for a while this morning because it provides a foundation for life that is solid and secure, and it allows us to deal with this fear of insignificance. Here's his path to real significance. First of all, we're significant as you get into the Bible you find out we're significant because we're made by God. We're not an accident. 
Proverbs 22.2 says that God made both the rich and poor. It doesn't matter what, what level of income you have. You're, you're, you're made by God. You're just as important to him. One is the other. You are made by God. You're made for God. You and I were put here for his purposes. He is the only source of real significance that lasts. He, he is the only one who can help us with this. Life apart from God doesn't make sense. It won't make sense apart from him. Bertrand Russell, probably the greatest atheistic philosopher and a a great Englishman, said, unless you assume the existence of God, the question of meaning and purpose in life is irrelevant. And that is true. If there is no God, if you're a freak chance of nature, you're just complex pond scum, then your life doesn't matter. But as you, as, you, as you connect with the God who is really there, the real God, and you have a relationship with him, there is meaning and purpose and significance. But we're made by God. Uh, another thing we find out in the scripture is that we're made in God's image. You can look these passages up. There's, there's a reference to a Bible passage next to each of these points. You, you can check them out yourself. But as you dig into Psalm 8, you find out we, we are more... We are God has given us a place in creation above all the rest of it as human beings. We have a dignity and a nobility because of that. We don't migrate like birds, just responding to instinct. We're more than that. We, we don't just follow our instincts alone. We can decide. We can communicate. We can choose. We can create things based on what God's provided for us to create with. This allows for relationships at a level that nothing else in creation enjoys. So that that makes us significant. God's created us and given us a significance above all the rest of his creation here on earth. We're made for a purpose. Um, And in this, we find significance. It's interesting, as you get into the Bible, in spite of our intrinsic value, uh, which means basically that we have a value just on the shelf without doing anything. God's given us this value. He's given us purpose, but we have this shelf value. We're highly valuable to God. We don't have to earn the value before him. But in spite of this value, we have rebelled against God. Scripture says every one of us have, have rebelled. Isaiah 53, 6, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of it all. Uh, of us, uh, he has, uh, has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Um, you know, we don't lose our value to God, but as you get into Scripture, and we sang a song, Hallelujah, he's washed the stains away. Because what happened is, when we decided to rebel against God and live life independent of him, go our own way, that created a stain on our, on our hearts to the core of our being an indelible stain that we could not take away. We could not erase the stain that was created by this rebellion that came as a result. It was a consequence of our rebellion. Sin has stained us this way, and only God can erase it. Only God can take that stain away and praise him that he has. But to know God... To have a relationship with him, that stain's got to be clean. It's got to be cleansed. It's got to be erased. To move on to eternity with him, we have to be free of that stain. 
we, we have to be clean. Because I, I always think, you know, if I went to heaven in my natural state, if God hadn't paid the price and cleansed me from my sin, and I went to heaven without that cleansing, I'd mess it up. Because the, 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 the seed of rebellion would be in me still. It would not be taken away, and I, I, would, I would mess heaven up. It would not be heaven any longer. It wouldn't take longer. It would be earth and possibly worse. So in our heart of hearts, this should create a deep humility and appreciation for what God has done because he has paid the price. When we try to come up with our own measure of significance that I was talking about earlier, it doesn't fill us up because we know that there's something more wrong at a deeper level. There is something fundamentally wrong that needs to be taken care of. We've abandoned God. We've, we've abandoned the nobility that he gave us, the dignity he provided when we were made. And we know that there's wrong going on deep down in there. Here's the great news. In spite of our rebellion... God, got, he, brought, he bought us back at a high price. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, while we were still in rebellion to him, Christ died for us. We used to talk about a Roman road to salvation when I was growing up. I grew up in church. Uh, and we talk about the Roman road to salvation. You can follow the Roman road. And this verse is a part of the Roman road to salvation. This isn't in your outline or on the listing guide. But I just want to give you some verses. You can write them down if you'd like. And check out the Roman road later on. But uh, here's the Roman road to salvation. The first passage is Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us, we have sinned. And that sin has cut us off from knowing God. It's cut us off from a relationship with him. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the wages of sin is death. We, we are cut off from knowing God for an eternity. But God has given us a gift in his son. And the verse I read earlier, Romans 5.8, is, is the next verse on the Roman road. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. So Romans 10, 9, and 10 then is the last passage on the Roman road, and it shows us what we need to do to connect with God. And it says, because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, you admit your sin, God, I've sinned, you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, Okay, you're the boss now. I've, I've tried to live life independent from you, but now I'm going to turn around and I'm going to begin to live life your way. You're Lord. If you confess with your lips that he is Lord and believe in your heart that, uh, uh, believe in your heart. <laughs> so who knows that verse? Help me. That God, oh, thank you. For because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, they wrote it on the screen. I appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate the fact that you guys are memorizing scripture, too. That's great. Oh, gosh. Um, you will be saved. Your, 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 the stains will be washed away. 
it will be erased. Um, For man believes in his heart and so is justified. That's the next verse. To be justified means it's just like you've never sinned. God paid the price in Christ for our sin. And he confesses with his lips and so is saved. So that's, that's the way to do it. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no, no one can boast. God paid a high price for this gift. Um, I, I, I don't know about you, but I like discounts. And whenever I shop, I have an idea in my mind of the price I want to pay for an item, and I, I work hard for the discount. I enjoy the hunt. But, you know, I'm on the Internet. I'm doing all this stuff. If I find an item that is so new, there is no discount, I have a decision to make. Is it really worth it to me? If it's really worth it to me, then I fork over the, the, the price or whatever. There's no discount for our salvation. There is none. God, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to, to, to pay for our sin on the cross. He, he had a decision to make, and he made the decision to pay the price. He, he sent his son, paid a high price. This reveals our value. This shows our significance before the living God, the one who made us. We're not only significant because he made us, but in our rebellion, he paid a price, a very high price, so that we could know him. And, and so when you commit your life to follow Christ, there's added significance you find in Scripture. We become God's children. We become royal priests, uh, prince, princes and princesses of the king. Uh, we're heirs of God. We have an inheritance in him. And we become his co-laborers. We're co-workers with God. That, that amazes me. God, God could do what he needs to do any way that he wants to, but he allows us to work with him to do what he wants done on, on the earth. That, that's an amazing thing. So that is significance God's way. That's the foundation that he's provided so that we can experience uh, this sense of value and meaning and life here that he's given us. And here are some more steps that we can take. This is how we can apply the significance that God's already provided. First of all, accept the the way that God made you. Uh, You were knit together in your mother's womb for a purpose. Get settled with with who you are. Work work it out before God. Look at Romans 12, 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you, just as each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. That's true. God, God's given us a different, all of us, we have a different mix of abilities and talents and gifts and backgrounds and experiences that God wants to use if we make it available to him. Look at 1 Corinthians 12:11. It says the same thing. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. God's decided your background, your upbringing, uh, your, your talents, your abilities, 
in, in every way. Uh, we need to get settled with who he's made us because we're valuable and significant in him. And I don't know about you, but I've dealt with thoughts and emotions that well up and whisper to me and sometimes scream, you're not good enough. You're, you're, you're not enough just who, for who you are. You're not enough. You've got to try to become something that's better than you. And you've got to become more than you can. And I, when I get on that, that treadmill of trying to become more than I can be, I, that's, that is scary. And it, it, it's where it makes you weary because you're running as hard as you can and you're trying to be somebody you're not and somebody you can't be. So we need to settle this. If you accept the way God made you, the way he put you together, the, the gifts and the ability and the background. I don't know. Sometimes the, those phrases, you know, you're not, you're not enough. You need to be more. Sometimes that's from our upbringing, from some kind of experience, your background, whatever it is. But we need to replace those thoughts with the truth that we were looking at earlier. We're made by God. He loves us. Even in spite of our rebellion, he paid a high price. Memorize Romans 5.8 and come back. Answer those thoughts those whispers, and come back, you know what? I am, I am enough because God says I am, not, not, be, not because of anything I do, but I am enough because of what he's done for me. He's proven my value and his, the price that he paid on the cross. So we need to replace these thoughts that come flooding into our mind with the truth about us from God's perspective. Second thing we need to do is avoid comparison. Um, we usually measure, try to measure up to the people around us, and that, that's a trap. That's what we were talking about earlier. Second Corinthians 10 says we, we don't classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves. They are not wise. Uh, it's not about measuring up to any, anybody else. It's about... It's, it's not a horizontal thing. It's a vertical thing. We, we just want to be faithful with what God's provided us. And as we do that, there's significance in it. Third thing, do the good that God made you to do. God gave us the gift of salvation. And in verse 10 of Ephesians 2, it says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Here, here's what you do. Get up in the morning. And if, if, if you just set your heart to do the good that you can do that day that God lays on your plate, and you stack up day after day after day of doing good, then your life will be significant. You will look back and, and you will see a lifetime of making a difference. So many times we're worried about being the hero that we don't see that right here there's a need. I can beat it. I'm... In my family, somebody's hurting, I can encourage them. Somebody needs a little help, I can come alongside and serve. At work, sometimes we get so caught up in being appreciated and, and getting credit that we're not focused on, hey, I'm just going gonna, gonna to do my job and I'm going to try to contribute the best of my ability. 
Stack up a few days like that. It's going to be an important life. It's going to be a good life for you as you begin to do the good that you can do. Sometimes we're afraid of insignificance because we're not doing what, the good that we know to do. And that creates turmoil and fear inside because we're shrinking back from the good that lies before us. So do the good that you know to do. And finally, live for God's purpose. Here's a verse, Ephesians 1, 11 and 12. It shows the grand scheme of things. This is what's going on. This is like peeling back the veil so we can see from a, from a high level what God's doing in our lives. In him, in Christ, we were also chosen having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in con- conformity with the purpose of his will in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. God, God has a purpose for your life. And as you set your heart to do what you know to do, day after day after day, he works it out. He will fulfill his purpose in you. That's a promise we find in Scripture. As you set yourself to do what he's called you to do. Many of us have visions of saving the world or changing the world and you know that's why comic book heroes are popular because <laughs> we want to fly in and save the day and change the course of history jesus already did that and and what he wants to do is he wants to give you a role to play that is significant that makes a difference in the lives of the people but let him write your story let God write the end of it. Don't get all twisted up because you don't seem to be the hero in the novel. Let God write the story. He's, he's working it out from where you are today as you give yourself to do what he's called you to do today. He's going to work it out. He's going to bring glory to himself if you let him, if you set your heart to do that. Glorify him. Set your heart to fulfill his purpose. God will give you rock-solid ground for significance as you do that. Acts 20, 24 is one of my favorite verses. It says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. We've experienced God's grace. If you know Christ, you, you realize your value in him. He's paid a high price for you. We're to share that with others. That's one, one reason we exist as a church is to let others know about, about his grace. So fulfilling our purpose gives us a growing sense of significance in the world. Uh, here's some next steps as we listen. We're going to wrap up this morning and look at these next steps. Maybe God's laid something on your heart that you want to do to apply the message. Here are some possibilities. Uh, my next step today is to avoid comparison and accept the way I've made. Maybe that's something you really need to deal with. You struggle with it. You hear the, the, the words and the, the phrases in your mind. You know, you're just not enough. You need to be more than who you are. Well, replace that. That's maybe an application you want to make. Or do the good that God made you to do. Today, I'm going to look for ways to do the good he wants me to do. Uh, maybe your next step is to live for his purpose. You've been living for your own purpose. You've been focused on your own stuff, and you want to set your heart on him. And then finally, maybe maybe you've never committed your life to follow Christ as boss and as Lord. 
And you want to do that today. You want to accept God's gift of salvation and follow Christ. You want to accept the high price that he paid and the gift that he wants to give you. And you do that by just admitting your sin, accepting what he's done, and committing your life to follow him as Lord and as boss. If you want, if you want to take that step, let us know. And we'd, we'd love to help you with that, by the way, any way that we could. Let us know on that card, that connection card, and drop it in the offering when it comes by. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the truth that we find in your word that shows us what you think about us and how you feel toward us. God, you, you love us. And in spite of our rebellion, you have paid a, an amazing price so that we could know you and have a relationship with you. God, I thank you for what you've done and for the, the way that you have loved us. I ask, God, that you'd give us the strength to, to take the steps that, we've, that you've put on our heart that we've decided to take. And I pray that, God, you would, you would help us to allow your grace, your, your love and kindness to work its way through our lives in every way that it can so that we bring honor and glory to you so that we would be for the praise of your glory. Father, I pray that you'd help us in this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.